0: I'm just gonna say right off the back that Lovey Simone deserved way much better than they were willing to give her. Hello, students. Welcome to a welcome back to the Meetin Academy podcast, where we have open conversations about writing, PC gaming, entertainment, life, and issues regarding these things. I'm Tullula Chanel, your head mistress. For today's episode, I wanted to discuss Zora Greenleaf, a character from the mega church drama *Greenleaf*, that aired on the Oprah Winfrey Network from 2016 to 2020, and is now currently streaming on Netflix. Before I get started, I just wanted to air my frustrations about the way her character is treated by the audience. I understand that her rebellious teen antics has made her annoying to an extent but the comments people make towards her is just very degrading and a few of them have been borderline abusive and majority of these comments show that they don't understand her character at all a couple of years ago i wrote and published a character analysis essay that i will link in the description about how zora's a neglected character both emotionally and by the writers quick disclaimer Before I continue, this podcast episode will contain spoilers, so if you haven't finished off the series, please go do that. And along with that, we're going to be talking about pedophilia, infidelity, suicide, drug use, and both mental and emotional abuse, as well as physical. I almost forgot to mention that this episode will briefly mention the passing on of a sexually transmitted disease. If these topics make you uncomfortable, please feel free to leave. For those of you who choose to stay, let's get started. The original premise of Greenleaf involved the main character, Grace Greenleaf, returning from a 20-year absence to expose the pedophilic deeds of their Uncle Mac. The ongoing seasons changed the premise of the show, but the megachurch remained the central point of the entire series zora greenleaf is the oldest child of jacob and carissa greenleaf that fulfilled the trope of rebellious preacher's daughter she is seen snorting ritalin even though she doesn't have add or adhd and sneaking out from her church even to smoke marijuana in the later seasons she developed from that rebellious preacher's child trope to a more grounded person searching for inner peace her character development fell flat because of the show's lackluster writing. Her storylines in the last two seasons were a possible exploration of her sexuality, her parents' divorce, and her pursuing acting in New York, and neither of them enhanced her character. The first thing I want to talk about is her relationship with Isaiah Hembry. So Isaiah Hembrick is a gospel musician that was Zora's love interest in the second season. Mm -hmm. This relationship was supposed to be like a teen romance, but it turned into a lesson about emotional and physical abuse. Because of this relationship, this is why most of the audience is very annoyed with Zora. Because she's seen obsessing over him. She paid less attention to her cousin Sophia. She gave up her virginity to him. And she ran away with him twice. In the latter half of season 3, we see that she's living with him and she's miserable because he has cheated on her. And he has shown no appreciation for all the work she has done for him. Like being his mama, being his maid, being his cook and all this good stuff. And he just shows no appreciation for it whatsoever. I always thought the storyline was well written. However, what I didn't like about it was... The direction the writers took afterwards. I had hoped the writers would have explored Zora healing from that relationship, attending therapy as well as confronting how her parents' emotional neglect contributed to her getting into a toxic relationship. Instead, the only time Isaiah was ever mentioned was when Jacob said that he didn't trust Zora out of their sight, as well as her telling Nikki that it's been a long time since. She had a genuine compliment. Now I'm going to get into her friendship with Nikki. In season four, we were introduced to Nikki, the girlfriend of Dante Saunders. Dante Saunders was a basketball player for the Memphis Red Devils that hired Jacob as his life coach to keep him out of trouble. Zora immediately took a liking to that average looking boy, but to her dismay, she found that he was in a relationship with Nikki. Later in that same episode, Zora and Nikki are hanging out at the cabin that used to belong to Noah, but Zora has now moved into it by the permission of her mother and her grandmother. And she told Nikki about her relationship with Isaiah, and Nikki proceeded to touch her necklace and her hair. And the two locked eyes until Dante interrupted the moment. After that, Nikki's relevance revolved around Zora questioning if she could have a friendship with someone that has different beliefs than her, as well as to stir unnecessary drama with Sophia. Honestly, Nikki's character was just useless and obnoxious. It seemed that she was supposed to come in to introduce the storyline about Zora questioning sexuality, but nothing came of it. I'm actually glad that nothing came of that storyline because. Zora was not ready to be in another relationship. She still had some toxic behaviors she needed to unlearn, and she was emotionally unequipped to be involved with someone else romantically. Another thing I wanted to get into was her beef with Sophia. So Sophia is the daughter of Grace Greenleaf, and she's Zora's cousin and her only friend throughout the entire show. You can see that the love between these two characters both on and off screen, because Love and Desire are, like, really best friends, they call each other sisters. However, the writers couldn't keep them together no matter what. They had their first kind of falling out in season three, when Sophia felt that Zora was obsessed with Isaiah, as well as... Sophia didn't like that she was with someone who was abusing her. And Sophia knew she deserved better. At the time, it made sense to the plot. So the time they were arguing then didn't bother me because it was good plotting-wise. However, season four, there was no sense for it. In season four, Sophia grew jealous of of Zora's friendship with Nikki. So she hooked up with Dante out of spite. Zora wasn't happy about it and took Nikki's side. And they didn't talk until season five when Sophia needed a favor and they just instantly became best friends again. No resolution, no apology, no conversation. Zora even kicked Nikki out of the cabin for commenting on Sophia's inability to have children. The audience never got a clear answer as to how Nikki knew that Sophia can have children. And Zora said that she didn't tell her, which I believe. Zora and Sophia fighting in this season really felt like the writers just wanted something to do with the characters just to give actors screen time, even though writing them off would have been better because the writers just didn't know what to do with them in the shows. Now, I'm going to talk about the storyline where her parents divorced because Zora's reaction to their divorce didn't feel realistic to me, and here's why. Ever since season one, there was an ongoing storyline about Zora's father, Jacob, inability to stay faithful to his wife. While that may have been a factor towards their decision to divorce, Zora's mother, Carissa, wasn't the innocent wife that she pretended to be. She cheated on him once, which resulted in her getting chlamydia and passing it to him. Along with that, she kept playing victim to his infidelity as if she didn't have the option to leave. All of that while she's being a controlling and judgmental human being. Zora is observant and intuitive. The writers could not expect me to believe that Zora thought Carissa was the perfect wife and not pick up on her mother's controlling attitude. And I'm only pointing this out because me and my best friend talked about it a lot and we agree. Carissa's controlling attitude contributed to Zora running away the first time with Isaiah, the second time with Isaiah, and eventually wanted her to move to New York in the fifth season. I I just don't like her character. She's a whole nother conversation for like another day. Another contributing fact that I think ruined Zora's character is colorism. For those of you who don't know, colorism is the prejudice and discrimination Against individuals with dark skin tone, typically amongst people of the same ethnic group. This relates to Zora because she is the darker skin teen of the show, whereas Sophia is the biracial slash lighter skin teen of the show. So in the earlier seasons, we see that Zora's character is the rebellious one, while Sophia is like more meek and mild mannered. In the later seasons, Sophia developed a nasty attitude while Zora was more humble yet still sassy. I'm not sure if the creative team addressed the colorism, but some could argue that the change in personalities was a response to the backlash. This is a conversation where I see both sides. It's colorist to have the darker-skinned team be rebellious while the lighter-skinned team is more mild-mannered, However, I thought Zora just fulfilled the trope of the rebellious preacher's child while Sophia changed for the worse. And just a note to anyone who's listening to this podcast and you're a non-black writer. That is something that you should be more mindful of when writing black and other PLC characters about how writing like that could be considered colorist. In this section, I will talk about what I think should have happened in the show. But it mostly boiled down to, I just think Zora should have been in therapy. And I was actually going to write a fanfiction about this, but I didn't have the confidence to pursue it. Then, however, I will make mentions of it in my Borderline fanfic, which is a Empire Greenleaf crossover fic. It is not up yet, but it will be known to my audience when it's gonna be up. Just stay following my social medias and you'll see when it's up. But I have listed five reasons why I wanted Zora in therapy. So, reason number one Zora was obviously a broken child and searching for love in all the wrong places. That's why it was so easy for Isaiah to manipulate her into thinking they had a real love. Even Jacob noticed that she was showing similar behaviors to his sister Faith, who, commuted, who committed suicide in the backstory, and was also in, abu- in an abusive relationship. That and Zora running off with Isaiah the first time should have been enough for her parents to put her in therapy, instead of locking her away from everything like she's a prisoner. Reason number two, Zora's parents were very controlling, and this... Is the reason right here. Why I really wanted her in therapy. I agree. Zora shouldn't have ran off with Isaiah the first time. Nor should she have stolen money from the offering. But. They locked her down. Like she was a prisoner. Like no phone. No TV. Basically no communication with the outside world. And all that did was alienate her. Until she ran off with Isaiah the second time. Because at that point. She was chasing freedom, and I don't blame her. Reason number three, not only is Zora a broken person, but her parents are broken also. This has absolutely nothing to do with her being in therapy, but as a storyline, this should have been explored further. Along with being neglectful of Zora's emotional needs, Jacob was competing with Grace for her pastor, as well as his father's acceptance when he wasn't cheating on his wife. And Carissa had unresolved mommy issues that created a need for her to control Zora. In season four, the writers did allude to Carissa having mommy issues, but they never expounded on that. They just said that Carissa's mother treated her like competition. I, as a fanfic writer, would love to explore that dynamic someday because I have ideas on how that dynamic was and how it did contribute to the way Carissa treats Zora. Um, reason number four. This is more of a fan theory, but in my opinion, it makes sense. Zora accepted Isaiah's abuse because she watched her mother accept her father's infidelity. It's honestly, it's like you keep watching your own mother continuously be disrespected. You're gonna learn to accept disrespect. That's it. That's all. And reason number five. And I'm reading this again. She needed to unlearn abusive behaviors. Along with Zora attended therapy, I would have loved to see her parents trying to spend more quality time with her and watch their relationship grow. The actors had so much chemistry together and I would have loved to see some of that mimic on screen as well as it is off screen. So, my conclusion to this podcast is that the writers didn't know what to do with her character and it obviously showed with the directions they have decided to take with her. Instead of giving her actual character development, the writers threw her in random storylines that did nothing to enhance her character. Thank you all for listening to the Mutant Academy podcast. If you would like to support the Mutant Academy podcast, make sure you follow us at anchor Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon. We're working on getting other platforms, but that is where you can find us for now. Feel free to donate to my Ko-fi page. I will link my Ko-fi page in the description. Along with a donation link, you can also see snippets from my novel, snippets from other writings that I'm working on on my Ko-fi page as well. Feel free to follow that. Or if you would like to support me for free, just follow me on Twitter at Tallulah Shamel, Instagram at Tallulah 94 and Tumblr at Tallulah Shamel. Or you can join the Meeting Academy Discord. And if you join the Discord as well as follow my socials, you'll be able to stay up to date on when the Meeting Academy podcast posts. So, thank you again. And this has been a message from your headmistress.